So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hey, happy Wednesday. Welcome into the program. It is Sports Talk. If you didn't hear me over that loud music, I'll say it again. Happy Wednesday. Welcome into Sports Talk. I'm Scott Beatty along with Lauren Tate for the first hour of this show. Evan is in for hour number two. Turns out to be a pretty newsy day in the world of Illini sports, particularly football, so we will dive into that coming up. Matt Stevens from Illini Guys paying us a visit here in studio Next hour, we'll visit with Chicago Sun-Times columnist Steve Greenberg, who recently wrote a an interesting column on... Oh, I'm, I see here the column was on Lauren Tate. So He didn't have anything to write about. He's, he, well, you know what it's like when you run out of ideas. Right. It, it's just like, well, let's bring out this old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. No, uh, uh, I, I was very appreciative of it, and... Uh, and encourage folks to check it out. And uh, Steve Greenberg, a good guy too. He's an award winner. He has uh, won the uh, Sports Writer of the Year honor for this year by the National Sports Media Association. So congrats to him. And we'll check in on him. And we'll we'll maybe touch on Lauren Tate, but we'll we'll talk some Chicago sports and a line I do. Which well, he, he gets them out fast. He called me about nine thirty yesterday morning, and it was all done by early afternoon. I know that. Well, it must have been on a deadline or something. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have all that time. But uh, anyway, we've got some football stuff uh, to touch on. Um, a, a, a player that Illinois has signed that came out of nowhere for most of us named Mac Resetich from Spring Valley, and Illinois really kept him under wraps, even caught uh, the guys that cover this stuff and are making a, a living knowing who's coming to play at what schools uh, off off the scent on that, so we well he had him fooled because he he was he signed to play junior college baseball, three sport athlete, baseball, football, and basketball, and I um, scored a thousand points in basketball. He was good in everything. He, he had a he had one football game against Mendota, four hundred and twenty nine yards rushing and seven touchdowns. I would say the competition was not comparable. I believe his uh, high school hall, Spring Valley Hall, is the. Uh, alma mater of uh, Cam McDonald on the baseball team and, and Tyra Barchik, if I've got that right. So a couple of Illini athletes from out in that area, not far from Princeton, where there's some members of the Beatty clan out there too. So, okay. Yeah. So he's all right in in my book. But Mac Resetich will start out at safety, and we saw some film that Brett Bielma showed us, and he can close the gap pretty quick. A really breathtaking film, I thought. I mean, very impressive. Let's put it that way. Yep. Very impressive film, and of course, as all uh, film uh, of uh, athletes are when they turn it in, they turn five or six plays in, they pick the best five or six, right? Sure. And those best five or six, at least, were really, really good. <laughs> really impressive, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the other 600 aren't so good, you know, if you're only seeing those. But I, I think Illinois 
is aware of the breadth of work for those. Um, also, we learned today, and it, uh, later on, if we have time, we'll, we'll play a statement from Ben Miller. If you recall, he was the Illini tight ends and special teams coach and sat this year out from the coaching aspect while battling with cancer, and they made the announcement today that he is going to continue to do that, serve as an analyst role. He's not ready to get back to the coaching sideline uh, capacity yet uh, as he continues to recover. Uh, made a great statement. I think it's really the first time we got a chance to really hear from him publicly. Uh, but but the big picture is good for him by all uh, reports and accounts so far. What he shared uh, looks pretty good. But he's not going to return as a coach. He's going to continue to be an analyst. So that means that um, as for a football side of things, Brett Bielma is going to fill in one more coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And the, he's I looking guess, for a combination of yeah. tight end. That, the other piece of news, that means Sean Snyder is out. Sean right. Snyder was here That's to do right. the special teams, and it was kind of a stopgap measure in that. Yeah, he just handled special teams for one year. Um, ben Miller said he's living on three month and a three-month rule. He gets tested uh, you know, and, and uh, scanned every three months and to find out how he's doing. So, you know... Um, he said, "I think he only completed his treatments twelve days ago, so you know he's he's still on, you know, on the edge and making sure that he he gets healthy." Yeah, and that puts a little bit of perspective in it uh, mm-hmm. when when you hear somebody go, "All I can think about when it comes to my future is three months, mm-hmm. and if if I can be good in three months, then we move to the next, and then we move to the next." And this is not, uh, you know, a, a young guy with, I mean, he's not old, but I mean, it's not like a teenager where you don't think a whole lot about long-term planning this is a guy just you know with yeah. wife and children and uh and and just going well i'm gonna be grateful for three months i get at a time and i think that's a important lesson for all of us huh yeah yeah especially me <laughs> 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 I, I i know i i really appreciate you saying that at, at your age lauren of, of 91 but there's nobody that believes <laughs> <laughs> You're limited to three more months. I, I signed a 10-year contract with Rosso. <laughs> we'll see if I can live up to that. <laughs> is there an exit clause? Or <laughs> That's not true in the first place. <laughs> oh, my. Well, that, that column, uh, I, I got a kick out of it. I appreciated uh, the column that Steve gave, and I even learned a few things about you, even though I knew many of those items. It was yeah. it, it was good stuff. So it's a There's treat no to secrets. be with you. If you're still here in three months, I'll be glad for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Illinois basketball last night led at halftime by one point over the 13th place Nebraska Cornhuskers. Brad Underwood had a 30-second speech or so to give to his team and then came out and enjoyed the the atmosphere at State Farm Center and looks like the Illini figured out how to win. Yeah, it was a... It was an exciting 30 seconds, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Nobody got hurt, I don't think. <laughs> Physically. <laughs> right. Yeah. Might have been some damage to the building, but other than that. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, I, at no point did I think Illinois was the worst team. They just weren't executing well on, on, on a few things. But they were a better team, and they finally when, clamped when, down. When they can get out in transition, they're a good ball club. Yeah. They've got some guys who can really go to the hoop. They they're still having trouble running the half court offense. I think I'm just not happy with it at all. And if I'm playing Illinois, I'm going to do everything possible to to force them to, to score against me in the half court. Yep. Don't and, let them run. And at some point, 
I mean, you can't leave alone Matthew Meyer or or Terrence Shannon Jr. from the three point line because at some point they go in for those guys. But on the whole, it's just the three point shots will not go in. Well, I, it's been a long time since um, Shannon's really had a, a good touch from the long range. He's been in all, all consistent good, yeah, consistently good. Well, touch. right. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. makes some, okay, right. But when you go uh, as a team, you go five for twenty-eight one game, and two games later you go five for twenty-nine. That ought to tell you something. Try to get it in closer <laughs> if you possibly can. <laughs> when Shannon has an ability to miss badly with yep. his three pointers, yep. and but the first shot he takes of the game, he had all the confidence, and boom! I mean, yep. he just he just nailed that sucker. Let her fly from deep. But for all of the ups and downs and the consternation around this team, Illinois at this moment sits in second place alone uh-huh. in the Big Ten at yeah. seven and four. They're sixteen and six overall. They have won seven of eight. They just had a seven and two month in January, and they're poised to win a lot more games in the month of February. Isn't this game coming up Saturday, early Saturday, a dandy in Iowa? Yes. How are you picking that one? I, at the end of the day, I think Illinois is the better team. I think Illinois plays a lot better defense, but I think Iowa plays better offense. Yeah. Uh, Iowa, for what it's worth thing, to you, has scored more points than Illinois has in the same number of games. The one thing, Fran never, Fran's players don't come out tight. They they don't. They don't have anybody like uh, Melendez who just can't hit anything right now. I mean, they they just come out loose and and let and fire away and they score a lot of points. But they can they definitely have their problems on defense. You know this when you play them, and I've said this many times. You know you're going to get good shots against Iowa. You just got to make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Iowa helped uh, Illinois in that regard last night by beating Northwestern. The other big game, Indiana. Falls on the road to yeah. Maryland, 66-45. They got 18 points from Trace Jackson Davis. They got 20 rebounds from Trace Jackson Davis. But, uh, but did you see what the freshman did, Shafana? Uh, uh, are you talking about, oh, for Indiana? Mm-hmm. No, what? One out of 14. Oh, yeah. I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. One out of 13, one out of one. He had three points in the game in 34 yeah. minutes. Yeah, he, he, he was 0 for 10 at one time. Freshmen are going to do that. I guess so. <laughs> he didn't look like he was. He looked. He's been looking awful good. But they they got eighteen points from Jackson Davis and eight, eleven from Race Thompson, and nobody else in double figures. So when when Indiana Indiana has the capacity to just kind of sputter all of a sudden, if you can hold Trace Jackson Davis under twenty, you're probably going to beat Indiana. If you can hold him under twenty, mm-hmm. yeah, and you, and that's you, a hard job. Uh, Young had a great game last night for Maryland. And, but you know what Dante they did? Scott they double teamed him a lot. I mean, when you do that, you're. I mean, that's why the freshman had so many shots. Well, I think Illinois will be double teaming. Well, I don't know. They didn't the last time. I know, and I I think they will. Uh, I don't think Underwood's going to explicitly say it, but I think he almost has to. But right now, Illinois is playing their number one rival. Iowa. I agree. Saturday. I agree. That That's right, what people keep telling me. Right now, I agree. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the number one rival. I think mostly just because of the kind of the, the blood and they've been in similar positions and beating them for in 2020 after the teams got into it and, and uh, beating them for a Big Ten championship. And uh, I think Iowa may feel Illinois is their bigger, biggest rival more than Illinois would feel about Iowa, don't you think? 
Mm, yeah. Oh, I think Iowa feels very strongly about Illinois. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you I'm going to guess that if you went into Carver Hawkeye Arena and pulled I, the average fan, says, "What's the team in the Big Ten you most want to beat?" I, I would think, think they would say right. Illinois. I would think because I think Minnesota would not be. A, I mean, even though they're close over there, I don't think Nebraska is that big of a basketball rival. No. no. So yeah, I think you. I think you hit it. Yeah. Um, and, and and they figure out how to pour in enough points night in and night out. So it's it's the Iowa way. They, they always got this speedy guard that'll bring it down, and somebody's right behind him, and then the guy will stop, turn around, and shovel it to the guy right behind, and then that guy throws in a three. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll, they'll shoot the three. Yep. They're not bashful. Yep. We've got some sound from Brett Bielma to bring you. Uh, interesting how he went about a particular recruitment of Mac Resetich, and Matt Stevens will weigh in on that as well as other things going on in the Illini world from IlliniGuys.com. That's what we have this hour. Next hour, Evan Kahn, Steve Greenberg from the Chicago Sun-Times. If you've got anything on your mind, Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217-357. No. Scratch that, Your Honor. I want to restate that. 217-351-5357. First time doing this. Sorry about that. Back after this. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. We continue with Sports Talk on a Wednesday we're a little uh, short tomorrow because of women's hoops. 5.15 will head to Ann Arbor tomorrow for Illinois at Michigan. That will be a big game for the women. Today is National Girls and Women in Sports Day as well. And uh, always always worth marking the occasion. And you hear coverage of volleyball, basketball, and softball here on our airwaves. And we're proud to be a part of that as well as the prep scene from our, our preps coverage. We welcome uh, to the show Matt Stevens. Matt, great to see you. Same here, guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, this is uh, signing day part two. Sounds like if Brett Bielma had his way, it might be signing day part three. <laughs> but that's a whole other can of worms. Matt Resetich, uh, when was the first time you heard his name? When he committed to Illinois. Like, I mean... <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie to anybody. When I woke up this morning at 7, 7 o'clock in the morning, my alarm went off. If you'd asked me who this young man was, I would have had absolutely no idea who you were talking about. Yep. No clue. And that is thanks to the work of Brett Bielma, who uh, had to keep this one tight and under wraps. Uh, I want to play this. This is actually from a question you asked him about how he went about that or why he had to go about that and a little... A little bit of a lengthy answer here, but I think it's worth a listen. Here's Brett Bielma on uh, keeping the circle tight around the recruitment of Mac Resetich. Uh, I believe it was Pat Hamilton who went and saw him the first time in a basketball practice. Uh, came back, actually called me after the practice and said, you know, Coach, what are we doing here? Uh, we need to go. Um, and then uh, the last Saturday that we could go out, or no, the second to last Saturday that we could go out on the road, um, Coach Ryan and Coach Henry, uh, Aaron had been out all week uh, seeing uh, all kinds of 24 and 25 prospects all over the country, our best defensive prospects, and I sent him in to, to watch uh, Mac uh, play basketball, and he, he literally came out of the gym and gave me a call and said, this, this is where we need to go. So uh, I wanted to wait to the last weekend just so we could kind of uh, put things in perspective and, and had him in this past weekend, and 
uh, to his credit, uh, when we offered him, he kind of took a moment, composed himself. Uh, Mom and dad were with him and, and uh, then had a chance to go back and talk to his family and friends who called us on Monday and said he wanted to go. I said, let's do a favor. Let's just wait till we get to Wednesday to announce this. Um, so uh, I have known and noticed that when we draw attention to a player, all right, we, we, we gather a lot of people around us. So I kind of wanted this one to, uh, to be uh, uh, in our hands all the way through. So. And he said, Milma did, that uh, Resetich went from zero stars to three stars as soon as his announcement came out. Here's a little more on that whole thing, having to be a little tight-lipped. Um, a year ago, I learned something when I offered a kid who had no offers, sat on my couch, and 14 days later, he had over 30 offers, right? Um, I know what we can do, right? But, you know, we just, for the first time, went eight and five. Like, I'm not very excited about it, right? Like, I'm excited because we went to a bowl game and what we're able to do, but that's not where I want to be, right? Like, um, but... Uh, people are paying attention to what we're doing, right? And uh, the thing that upsets me, uh, listen, I'm the biggest NIL fan there is, right? But um, I think the part that really jumps out is, like, I pride the way that we work, the way that we do our business, for your point, like, whether it's keeping the circle small or making the circle big, to talk to Malik Elzey every day. That didn't happen by chance, right? That was a direction. I knew when I was talking, I knew when Gio was talking, I knew when JMO was talking, I knew when the staff were talking, uh, the graphics, the, the direction of Pat Hamilton. What I get upset about is, right, the NIL world is incredible. We got a couple really good players that could have left us for the NFL. And, and the big part of why they're saying is they want to t take their draft status from maybe being a, a fourth-round pick to a second- or first-round pick and the, the money you can make there. But also the NIL world allows us to do some things for them that's never been done before. So it's a, it's a great event. It's, it's incredibly – I couldn't be a bigger NIL fan. What I hate about NIL is uh, before a player gets somewhere – and he's getting money that has never been earned, right? Like, I get it. Once you're here and you're doing things, you get it. But, and then, you know, to have people think that, that that's great recruiting more than just they got a bigger check to write, right? That, that's, that's the part that gets frustrating. Um, and I think that's the part the NCAA is trying to get a hold of. Okay. There's a lot of things that were said there and that we could unpack. Um, you asked him about just kind of keeping the, the circle closed so that, that this doesn't blow up and he ends up losing him. Uh, so let's just start there. What I understand him to have said is not everybody in my building knew that I was recruiting this guy, including coaches that may not be coaching here at this moment anymore. I count six people, including Ryan Walters, who are on Ryan Walters' staff at Purdue. None of them, when they were in the building at Illinois, knew about this kid. None of them. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. Um Look, I covered Gus Malzahn, and I thought he was the most paranoid person I have ever covered in my life. Not coach, person. Brett Bielema is rivaling that. When when he says something like, well, I guess it's going to get known now that Ben Miller's not going to be on our staff. I guess that's going to get out there now. Yeah, that's why we're here, dude. Like, I mean, what what, do you, what did you think was going to happen? I, 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 I shake my head at this sometimes. But, no, the idea of Brett Bielema in his head thinking – Pat Hamilton, uh, you know, their their director of high school, you know, high school coaches and recruiting, uh, and Aaron Henry and himself, that's about it. That was the circle of, hey, we're going to go recruit this guy. Um, and that's it. And he was not about to tell anybody else that he thought might be leaving for Ryan Walters' future staff when he knew he was going to lose Ryan Walters probably. Okay, so maybe season. it's an over – maybe he's – That one was smart. I mean, yeah. I, I, I give him all the credit in the world oh, okay. for keeping the circle 
as tight as you can on that. I gonna, because I I would imagine Ryan Walters probably would have wanted to make him a signee today. Like yeah. if he had known about him and saw him play basketball. Because at the Henry. end of the day, it's competition. And it's, you know, there may be some gentlemen's agreements along the way but if you have a chance to go get a player that helps your program you got to go do it <laughs> I, I i i just i'm trying to wrap my head around the idea of brett bielema keeping the circle so tight because i know how tight aaron and ryan both were when they were here aaron henry and ryan walters and i'm trying to imagine the idea of ryan walters going hey what are you doing tonight well i'm, I'm out i'm gonna go look at a kid who are you gonna go look at ah it's nobody like he's gonna go watch mac play basketball like yeah, I never to, heard them say we went and saw him play football. No, no, <laughs> they and never I, I did that. I don't think because in in reality, he, he like from what I was told, I, I I walked in the building today and Aaron Henry was walking out and I had a conversation with him and I said, Aaron, I'm telling you, I don't know much about this kid. I'm about to go to a press conference. I don't know anything about this kid. He goes, I he, he goes, Matt, I went to go watch him play basketball and I wanted to offer him right then and there. And I said that quickly, huh? Or that, qu-? and he goes, and he goes that quickly, Matt. He says everybody that I've gone to watch play basketball has been a multi-year starter at the school that I was at. Well, that's the Period. same way I felt when I saw Hill play for Kankakee basketball last year. Yeah. Holy cow! What a player! And so I, I wish Illinois could have gotten him. Yeah. Well, go Big Blue. You know. Um, <laughs> uh, and so yeah, there's a there's a I, I just I think that the, the, to keep it that small. And to keep it that covert is just mind-blowing to me because of the way the calendar works out and the way that you're going to lose assistance and the way you have to figure out how you're going to do these types of things. Well, you got 23 guys, and he's the only one they really kept a secret, isn't he? I mean, sure. I mean, they signed 23, and yeah. they got one secret and 22 guys that everybody knew about. Of course, they were signed. 21 of them were signed early, and then you got LZ. Right, and, and Lauren, you and I were talking walking out of the building today, but I, I told you, I don't think, I didn't think in 2023 or where we are now, you could do that anymore. Not, Not in football. You can still do it in baseball. You can still do it in the in the non-revenue sports where if you see a kid, hey, maybe we can keep this quiet enough until signing day. I did not think you could do this in football. And the only reason I think that it kept that quiet, and Lauren, you mentioned it right off the top, was the kid was probably thinking about going, not only going to community college to play baseball, I think the kid was thinking about going to a D1 school to play baseball. And I think that that when that flipped, I don't think the football people got wind of the flip. I also will tell you that I think that Brett Bielema is absolutely accurate. And I've had these conversations with him and his assistants about kids not having any offers, Illinois offers, and now they've got 15, period. And, I mean, I've seen it happen. And and mm-hmm. it's a matter of do you think that it's worth the time and effort to put this out, you know, offer out there knowing that now we're going to have competition. Now that you've added these two guys and you, okay. and you got a 23-man list, mm-hmm. how would you evaluate them? And I just, by the way, I just noticed that, Alabama has nine five stars, <laughs> so let's not compare them to that. You're you're asking me do a, to do a whole, yeah, you know, full thirty thousand view foot view of the twenty twenty three class, right? I've never been in love with it. Okay, um, and the reason is I think Illinois to get to where Brett Bielema <clears throat> wants it to go, or at least publicly he says he wants it to go, they've got to start winning more recruiting battles. They've got to start winning more recruiting battles with Power 5 conference opponents. They've got to start winning more battles, whether it's in high school or in or in the portal, against teams that are 
of the same kind of caliber as, as them. They seem to be getting offensive linemen, but not defensive linemen. Defensive linemen is a big, big. Uh, it was. It, it's it. It's a big, big demerit in this class. There are. I can think of right now. There are two in the Chicago land area that needed to come to Illinois, and they're both going to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry. Uh, I believe Rod Pierce is. If he did, no, he ended up at Michigan, and and then uh, you know. I think uh, uh, Jamel Howard today committed to Wisconsin, yeah. back to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those are two Chicago land guys. I don't, you know, it's not a secret. Jamo wanted them both. Terrence Jamison wanted them both. He went over for two at a position of need in this class, and um, that's going to hurt. That's going to make them get desperate for guys in the twenty fours and the twenty five. Well, it's going to make them uh, look at hard into the transfer portal somehow. I mean, they did pick up Edwards from Northwestern last year, and he's going to be a starter this year. They got the kid from Tulane, too, but I, good luck. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but good luck. I mean, this this mm-hmm. program has not been at a level at which, first of all, the people behind them, meaning NIL, have not provided them with enough of a war chest to go out and get competitive in the transfer portal for guys that can be impact players at certain positions, D-line being one of them. They just don't. Um, they they aren't there yet, and I and I, that I look, might I'm in the minority here. I'm saying this because I know what other people are doing all around the country, and Illinois is not there yet. And there's a lot of other places like Illinois that aren't there yet. But you can't just go okay. Now we're going to go into the portal. Good luck with that. Well, we just got outbid for Jones, no question. I mean, yeah. he would, he'd been the starting center. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Based off of your head coach's social media post the day he committed to Auburn. Like, yep, mm-hmm. which he addressed here for the first time. Right. Uh, and, and, and 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 tried to make clear that he's in favor of the principle of NIL, but he uh, doesn't like how it is stinging him in, in recruiting. And um, I, I don't know what the answer is there because I actually kind of see it. Um, but at the same time, how do you how do you police somebody making money off their – I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think Brett Bielema's philosophy is in line with my philosophy. The problem is he better get another philosophy. (laughs) Otherwise, he's going to start – or he's going to have to start basically saying, this kid is an NIL kid coming out of high school. We're not going to be able to get him. Because that's that's what he's saying is I don't – what he basically said, and you just played it, Mm -hmm. so I'm not willing – to be very, very cool with the idea of giving kids NIL money straight out of high school. Mm-hmm. I'll give it to you in the portal because I think you've earned it in a right, and I think I'll give it. Uh, certainly, he is, he is 100% in favor of guys like Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph and all these guys that want to come back to school getting involved with all of that. But if you're not willing to get in the ball game with NIL coming out of high school, then there, there's a lot of kids where you can just cross them off your list and say, well, they're not coming here then. Or you need to get a new philosophy. Knowing Brett Bielema like I do, I don't think we're getting a new philosophy. So <laughs> I think he thinks he can do this with developmental kids that don't need NIL money out of high school. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I think Illinois needs to get start getting in those battles if they want to get to a point in which – where you've got UCLA and USC coming into the Big Ten, and you want to get into that top tier of the conference, those other guys that are going to be in the top tier of the conference, they're going to have a different philosophy than you, and they're going to get in that ball game. And I, I wonder how long it'll take for Brett Bielema to go, 
well, gosh darn it, I'm going to have to do this even if I have to go kicking and screaming. Well, how much has Wisconsin changed in that regard, do you think, with the, with the change in staff? Um, I don't know how much philosophically they've changed in that regard, but I do know that Luke Fickle was darn concerned about Cincinnati going into the Big 12 and not having any kind of NIL war chest or any kind of NIL back, uh, you know, background um, going into a Power 5 league. So I would think he was more or less impre- more, more impressed with what Wisconsin can do for kids out of high school than Cincinnati can do out of high, out of high school. All right, uh, we got to take a time sure. out if you're good for it. We'll come back a little bit more um, on the basketball side of things. There might be uh, some another player available soon. I say might, and if he is, there's some minutes to be divvied out. We'll talk about that straight ahead. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today, and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh oh oh! O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Illini family! It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM DWS. Sports Talk continues. Scott Beatty and Lauren Tate. And Matt Stevens, our guest here on the first hour of the program. He writes at IlliniGuys.com. You hear him on the Illini Guys Radio Sports Spectacular as well, which airs on Friday nights most weeks. I want to switch to basketball with you both and ask you this. Uh, Luke Goody may, may be cleared to start practicing soon and thus may be able to get in games. I realize I'm dealing in the hypothetical here, but mm-hmm. there's still 200 minutes out there to be played on one side for a, for a basketball team. So how how would Brad Underwood approach this? Or how could he and and maybe how should he? I feel bad for Luke. Okay, because the best scenario for somebody like Luke coming off of this type of an injury, this t- this long of a layoff, would be what? With all due respect to my alma mater, Eastern Illinois University, you'd love to run him out there for about 10 to 12, 15 minutes against Eastern Illinois, get him into a game, and then go, okay, now now that you've you know basically played a just to get something warm, now we can get you into the meat of conference schedule, and now you're ready. He is going to literally be coming off the practice floor, having no time this year, and go up and play in Assembly Hall in Bloomington? Like he's going to go play on the road in the Big Ten, or he's going to open up in a Big Ten game? And, and, and you're just going to add out of the box. You're going to have Luke Goody be ready to go? Like I, I don't know if that's fair to Luke. I don't know if that's fair to the other four guys on the floor. I don't know what he can provide you instantly other than – shooting like I don't think the shot has been forgotten on how to do it even though the foot was broken Um, but I don't know from a team chemistry standpoint and just getting Luke ready when you you haven't done that in a competitive environment of a basketball game like that I don't I don't want to set the expectation bar too high for Luke Goody because the competition is going to be as stout as it possibly can be, and he is going to have no time on the court before they put him out there. He so. looks more like a red shirt player than anybody they have. He looks more like I'm just saying he looks more. If you if you red shirt him, there's a good chance he'll be here a long time. Yeah, I just don't know if he's going to be willing to do that. Lord. Oh well, that's right. That's a whole other question, right? Yeah. And I and 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 if, I mean, he's if he too feels healthy. 
to and he feels healthy and he's not out there. That's the other thing too is everybody just goes, "Well, we'll just redshirt him, right?" What if he's healthy and he's got teammates that are looking at him that where Luke could help you, like he could be out there helping you, and he's not playing? That's another thing that I think that wouldn't be fair to Luke Goody because if he's healthy enough to contribute and he can be contributing, he does not want to be looking at his teammates and going, "Well, I'm not playing for strategic reasons, right?" Like By that's not that's that that's not going to look good in that locker room either. How many more minutes is Rodgers going to get after that performance last night? It was the best performance I've Woo. seen him play all year. Whoa. And that was the Ty Rodgers that I was told by like our, our, our recruiting expert, um, Brad Sturdy, and our basketball expert, Brad Sturdy, was like, this is the kid that made Team USA. That's, that's, that's the Ty Rodgers that he saw, and that's the Ty Rodgers that made Team USA. And I think if he can keep doing that, yeah, I think he he said it at the podium, Lauren. These are the ways I can keep I can stay on the floor and I can get minutes. And they don't have anything to do with putting the ball in the basket. And yep. I think that that's he has figured that out at 18 years old. And boy, how mature is that? Because there's not a whole lot of 18 year old basketball players that figure that well, out. And you hear him speak mm-hmm. the way he does interviews. That's, that's not your typical freshman interview. And I like the he's, dynamic. He's, I don't know how Lauren feels about it, but I like the dynamic of like the freshman. I mean, I think you either have to start Epps or you have to start Harris, but either one that you don't start. I like the idea of like last night. I like the idea of sincere Harris and Ty Rogers coming in and giving that energy off the bench. I, I just do. I I think it works. I don't that know was how the you feel. Ultimate about it. team uh, victory last night. Yeah. Ultimate, because it wasn't like Shannon didn't do anything. It wasn't like Meyer didn't do anything. It wasn't like Coleman didn't do anything. Everybody did their part. Not very good shooting, but everything else was okay. Yeah, I, I just I like the dynamic of this team. I think that they they. Um, I keep getting told by one of the people who work at our company, you have to make shots. You're not <laughs> going to win games unless you make shots. Um, Illinois has five wins now. That last night was the fifth win they have where they haven't shot 45% or better. I don't know how many teams in the country can say that. They have five wins or even however many, like a handful of wins when they don't shoot at 45%. Brad Underwood has created a culture of this program. I wrote about it after the win against Wisconsin. Wisconsin used to frustrate Illinois so much, especially when I was growing up, because they wanted to play ugly, and Illinois did never wanted to play ugly. They just hired a coach in Brad Underwood who loves to play ugly, so the Wisconsin thing gets negated now, and that's why they've won three times in a row at the Kohl Center for the for the first time ever since that building was built, and the first time they've won three in a row in Madison since Lou did it back in the late 80s. So I think that Brad Underwood feeling just fine with winning ugly is, is going gonna, is gonna to help this program keep going forward. Evan and I were kicking this around on postgame last night because a texture said, hey, uh, Illinois is not a great team, but a solid team top to bottom. When a player is out, they don't miss much with their depth. And, and we were kind of kicking around, wait a minute, does that make them a great team? <laughs> they I, are, and for all their foibles, for all that we've talked about here with the shooting woes and being able to execute offense better and, and you know being a little flat against a Nebraska team, Hang on, they're second place in the Big Ten again. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Lauren can Lauren has looked at this and seen more Illinois NCAA tournament teams than I have in my lifetime. Lauren knows this, and I think a lot of people know this. There's a there's a night in the NCAA tournament where you just aren't going to be able to shoot it. You may not be able to hit the broadside of a barn, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to win that game. You got to somehow figure out how to win that game. I've always thought that Illinois has a chance with the way that Brad Underwood 
preaches defense and preaches rebounding and preaches all of those toughness stuff that he talks about, they might be able to survive a game like that. And, and there's not a whole lot. Of, I mean, there there are programs all around the country, and I'm talking about blue blood national programs that cannot get away with that because they just don't play that way. The one that Illinois is going to play on Saturday cannot get away with that. If Iowa does not does not put it in the basket and shoot and score and all those things, they will not win. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't care who they're going to play, and they've seen you've seen that in the tournament when Fran gets in the tournament before. I just think that Illinois can get on a run in the NCAA tournament, which fans have been so desperate for because of the way they play on the defensive end and, bef- and the way that they take care of the glass. And the new added element this year of they can they can block shots more than I've seen. Yes, they the can. Team they're long. Ball. Yeah, in they're, a long time. They're All long and guys. quick. So, look, they, the, 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 the Big Ten conference title is still possible, but maybe not probable or very, you know, it's a slim chance at this point. But, hey. Illinois may well, for those reasons, go further in March. And I think a lot of people would take that over a conference title again. Uh, that's what they've said on our boards all year long, is that they have they have dialed this season back to a one-month deal, which I hate. But I think that you know if Illinois makes a run into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, I don't think people really care where they finish in, in the league standings, yeah. even though I know the head coach does. Speaking of Iowa... Kirk Ferentz uh, had his own press conference today and apparently has He's said... He's going to fire the offensive coordinator. I'll he bet. actually said, I anticipate no changes oh, I'm wrong in again. staff moving <laughs> forward. So the joke is, so you're not adding more of your family members to the staff? <laughs> uh, but their offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz, apparently is remaining offensive coordinator. And, um, well, I, I, I think law enforcement has to be on alert in in Iowa City tonight. Nepotism is still alive and well in <laughs> Iowa City. <laughs> you do you, Kirk. You do you. A great football coach. I don't know if he just can't see see what the issue is or or if he just really actually thinks this is the best course or if he just doesn't want to fire his son, but well, it's maybe it's a little mixture of all. Yeah, and and also let's Yeah, no, there's all of that. And I also um, there is no, there is no mechanism unless you get rid of Kirk Ferentz to make him do what everybody at Iowa wants him to do. That's right. He's got and too if he much. He doesn't want to do it, and I've dealt with this with the current football coach here in Champaign-Urbana. If you don't want to do something, and you're the head football coach at a Big Ten school, chances are you don't have to do it, and you're not going to do it. So, I don't think Kirk Ferentz has any motivation to do something like this because he knows guess what that Iowa can win seven or eight or even nine games doing exactly what they did last year and scoring the year before, seven and or the year eight before. or nine points sure, a game why not <laughs> let me ask two quick questions sure, yeah, yeah. number one uh, put you on the spot uh-huh. is DeVito going to get drafted and if, if he doesn't get drafted do you see him having a shot in the NFL next year based on what we're hearing in the last few weeks uh, I think he could get drafted late um, but Mr. If Irrelevant. You, if you're make, yeah, you'd be Brock, you'd be the next Brock Purdy. Um, if you're making me bet on it, I'd probably go side with no. Mm-hmm. Um, can he have an NFL career? Heck yeah! I mean, uh, they need three of them each team, don't they? <laughs> well, they need two, and then you need a practice squad guy, right? Yeah, and so, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, go look at the Missouri quarterbacks over the years that that you know have done a whole lot of making millions of dollars by holding the clipboard. And, and so, yeah, Tommy can. Tommy has the skill set in terms of how to throw the football 
And Chase Brown. I think Chase. Oh, will Chase get drafted? Oh, yeah. heck yes. Fourth? Third, fourth? Uh, I wish you would ask me this after this week because I think there's a lot of people looking at him right now and his brother Sidney in Mobile that could absolutely have his draft stock go one way or another. And I mm-hmm. think if he does very, very well, especially in these practices this week, I think his stock could go up. Okay. Well, Tampa Bay is looking for a quarterback, so there's an opening there. Yeah, they are. Uh, <laughs> for now. Sure, yeah. Um, we're we're uh, or, or, or are they going to like? I'll ask. I'll ask you guys a media question. So, do you shoehorn that guy into the Super Bowl broadcast now? Because you're paying him thirty-seven million dollars yes. a year to 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 do that now. Yes, I do too. Can't wait. Look, you you love him or hate him, but are you interested in what Tom Brady would have to say about football? Yes. I'm interested in a, a when lot Bobby of Knight got it. When Bobby Knight got a job analyzing, I was interested in what he had to say about basketball. You were probably more interested in what he had to say than he was. When he, had, well, I mean, when early. he started out, he was okay. Yeah. You're right. When Urban Meyer does a film breakdown on Big Ten Network oh, or well, Fox, that's good stuff. Uh, I I really have to hold my nose, but I that's good stuff. So I, I'm interested in what Tom Brady has to say about football. I'm not interested in the rest of the drama that comes along with him. I do not think Tom Brady will be as good as my alum, Eastern Illinois alum, Tony Romo, will be in that same position. No, but but here's the thing. Go ahead. Uh, Tom Brady's going to be elevated into a position that I don't think – I mean, I I, I have no pity for him because – but he's just being handed to him. But – but he didn't have to work to get a number one job. Well, he's been analyzing every team that he plays. I mean, he knows back yeah, and forth. I mean, I'm he, just, it's, that's he just, different than oh, doing that role. Oh, yeah, but he just knows more to begin with. And N- not disputing that. The ability to communicate it in an effective way to a national TV audience. Here's the question I would love to ask Tom Brady if I could get an honest answer. It's a real simple question. Was it worth it? What Was it worth it coming back this year? Because when you announced your retirement, this time last year, I think it was literally the same day last year, right? Mm-hmm. He was married. Mm-hmm. He his life was pretty darn good. He had it. He had it all figured out. Well, we don't and know how that marriage stood. At that I know, time. but I like, mean, was the whole thing worth it? Was the whole thing coming back and playing for this zombie Tampa team, and knowing that you probably weren't the best team in the NFL, but gosh darn it, you wanted to play so darn bad, You wanted, was it all worth it? If you had to do it all over again, would you do it That'd all over again? That'd be a fascinating again? answer because if it was only about winning, it probably wasn't worth it. No. But if it was worth competing one more time with the boys and, and putting on the pad and the helmet and doing what you love to do, then I got nothing against him well, in that. What part did, did, the, uh, did the wife play in all this mm-hmm. discussion here? The, the head coach left? No. All of the things about Tampa that you walked into were not the same thing that no, I understand that yeah, part. I mean, but I all mean, of it. All of it. Was I, I thought you were asking if if he had if he had decided to retire, would he have been able to save his marriage? Part and of that that's too. That's something we don't know. That's why the question is so simple, but yet it's not. It's it's very very complex. Was it worth it? We got to run, Matt. Great to see you, and we'll be uh, looking for what you do at IlliniGuys.com. Have a great guy. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it, Matt Daniels. Excuse me, Matt Stevens. Matt Daniels. We got a Matt Daniels around here too. We got a Steve Matthews. We have a, 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 a Steve Matthews also. I don't know. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Listen in on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. 5.30 tip-off against the Wolverines. And Illinois getting the win on Sunday over Michigan State. So they'll try to sweep the mitten. Shauna Green's squad 
now has seven wins, Lauren Tate. That is in the Big Ten. That is the number of wins they had in the five previous years combined. Not that that's the measuring stick, but it does. Uh, well, they got their hands full with Michigan. Yeah, they do. It's a good ball club. and uh, A lot of scores. They'll be a little bit of an underdog in the game going in, but they can win it. Yeah, they're on the road, and, and Michigan's got a lot of weapons, but first time both teams are seeing each other. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what comes of it. Uh, appreciate Matt Stevens joining us in this first hour. Next hour, after the news, Evan and I are together, and then Steve Greenberg, Chicago Sun-Times columnist, will also be on the line with us. So we're looking forward to that. Lauren, you and I are back together tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Okay, look forward to it. Thanks very much. This is Newstalk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. We step aside for news. Hour 2 coming up.